and thank you for joining me on another Magic with Zuby. Today is February 6, 2016, and today our main topic is going to be talking about deck archetypes. Now, it's going to be a real generalized overview of the main kind of deck archetypes that you can face up against. Um, we're not going to go into some of the deeper ones like aggro control combo, um, aggro combo control, etc., etc. Um, this is mainly going to be for, as my previous episode, for people that are going from the kitchen to FNM. And maybe they're not aware of all the different deck archetypes that there are that, you know, you can come up against. So let's talk about the elephant in the room of the modern pro tour going on right now. Wow. That is, it's been, it's been pretty good. I've actually been enjoying watching limited even. That's been pretty fun. Um, everybody's doing you know, better than expected, LSV got on there, top eight, it, Frank Lepore from TCG Player got on top eight, that's pretty damn cool, especially for his first pro tour, um, the deck diversity is another big thing blowing up on Twitter right now, on Reddit, Facebook, everywhere, it's six Eldrazi decks and two Affinity decks, a lot of people are attributing this to Twin and Bloom being banned that we wouldn't see this much, but if Twin and Bloom were still in the format, it probably would still be, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say it'd probably still be the same old, same old modern metagame. It's, I don't know if there'd be this many Eldrazi decks, and it's hard to say because a lot of people are calling for bans right now. You know, for Eye of Ugin, or, you know, this card or that card, I don't know what exactly, but it I, I think it's still way too early to tell, you know, to say, hey, we need to ban this card or that card, because it's no one was prepared for the Eldrazi onslaught going on this weekend, and it's been pretty fun to watch. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nothing but Eldrazi on TV, but for the most part... It at least they're new decks. It the one I've been impressed with the most was Giachin Tao's deck. When I saw that where he's playing Vile Aggregate, Drowner of Hope, uh Eldrazi Sky Spawner. A lot of people were saying, What is this, a draft deck? And it it's been pretty that that probably has been the Eldrazi variant that has been most fun for me personally to watch. I have I mean, hell, I was looking up to see, you know, how much some of the pieces were, um, you know, like the Eye of Ugin and Eldrazi Temple, but you, I know what's going to happen right after, you know, this Pro Tour, especially Eye of Ugin and Eldrazi Temple are going to skyrocket. Um, all these Eldrazis are going to skyrocket, like Thought Not Seer and Drowner of Hope, whatever else, whatever other ones. They're, they're all going to just go crazy. So... I mean, it's it's hard to say, you know, what's going to happen with the metagame. Um, people are just going to have to, just like anything, learn to sideboard against it. As I was saying before, no one was prepared for this kind of onslaught. And I don't think, I don't think anyone could really have seen this coming. It's, and what I find even 
crazier was that all of these, especially a lot of these Eldrazi, they're all from the newest set. I mean, I was <laughs> I was even reading some posts on there saying, oh, it's all a conspiracy from Wizards. They're trying to sell the latest set so, you know, they can sell packs because, oh, what was it, Ian Duke was saying, just oh so subtly said, you know, oh, this was our goal to have these broken Eldrazi. It's something along the lines of that. I read that comment just thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Come on. I don't think Wizards can foresee or even guess half the time what the metagame may be like. I mean, they may have an idea, but I don't think they had any idea that it was going to be this crazy. Um, if I had to guess at what's going to win tomorrow and by the time this podcast comes out everybody's going to know but at the time if I had to guess I would have to guess affinity will win because affinity is just affinity is just affinity and affinity is really good that's just my personal opinion but hey we'll find out tomorrow and if you're listening to this in future land you're already going to know who wins so this past Saturday, or not Saturday, today's Saturday, um, this past Friday, I should say, you know, was Friday Night Magic as usual, and I'm sure a lot of you went to your local game store and, and participated in Standard or Modern or Draft or whatever it is you do at your game store. Mine is always typically Standard, and then it, it really depends, it's my store, the one thing I don't like about my store is they're not very big on draft and sealed. And limited is one of my favorite formats. And so most of the time I try to get my drafting kick in on Magic Online. But last night was standard and I brought my mono green Eldrazi deck and went three and one. Got third place? Yeah, I got third place. Um, lost only one round and... You know, it was a really close round. Really, really close. Um, or really close games, I should say. Both times that I lost. But um, I know before I was talking about, you know, my side deck and um, all the changes I made to it. I was really looking at my cards and completely decided to change them again. Um, I just wanted to go over my sideboard really quick and... I need to update it on my tapped out account. But let's see. I'm I'm actually looking at my cards right now. Um I've got Worldbreaker, which that did help me a couple times. Um I I only really put it in if I knew that, you know, my opponent was gonna be playing heavy enchantments or or if I noticed that they started getting land screwed, it's hey, let me destroy one of their lands. Um two wins of Calcisma, which helped against aggro last night. Void Winnower, which helped against Abzan, definitely. I decided to put in two Pulse of Marasa. Um, this card definitely saved my butt in the aggro game. Or if I was getting a little mana screwed and it was starting to you know, become apparent, like, hey, I may die next turn, but let me try to stave it off a little bit. So one of the games... It definitely helped because I was able to trigger my Blighted Fen twice because I got was able to pull two Pulse of Marasa, so that definitely helped. From Beyond didn't do much for me last night, but I still find it good if I'm going up against a slower 
type of deck if I know the game's going to go on long. Natural State, again, I mainly put that in against um, white decks and four-color rally. Um, I took out one roast and just have one roast in. I have Explosive Vegetation. Warping Whale, I have two copies of that. I was mainly hoping that would be decent um, against four-color rally, but I didn't go up against four-color rally last night, so I didn't get to see if it was any good. I mean, I did sideboard it against um, a Tarka Red, or a Tarka Landfall, I should say, you know, just mainly for um, Monastery Swiss Spear or Storm Chaser Mage. And that, no, they don't play Storm Chaser Mage, never mind. Um, but it it didn't see much play. And then I have a Nissa's Renewal and another Jody Offshoot, which, you know, it's I took out the Oath of Nissa and the Zendikar Resurgent. Um, those were just too slow and opted for more removal. I want to try Titan's Presence, which... But the only thing is I don't have a lot of colorless creatures. You know, if I have an opening hand with Ulamog, you know, of course that's going to be good. But, like I said, I went 3-1 and one last night, and my first round was up against Abzan. It was a typical Abzan mid-range. Um, you know, Warden of the First Tree, then Anafenza, Siege Rhino. And I just kept on getting both. It was 2-0, it was and oh, and both games, they just went perfect for me. I was able to, you know... Turn three explosive vegetation, then get out Dragon Lord Atarka for you know wiping up his board, and then you know after that, then I was able to if he tried to play more creatures, then I would just get Ugin out, wipe the board again, just start attacking, or I would get Ulamog out. Um, game two was much the same as game one, but I was able to get Ulamog out like twice because he was oh he not stasis snare, suspension field, my Ulamog, and then I just cast Ulamog again, wiped out his mana base, and just proceeded to win from there. It was really kind of a blowout. It was it's it, it was it was a good match. Um next round was a Tarka Landfall and for some reason the guy didn't bring a sideboard. So <laughs> it was once again relatively easy. I went two and one in that in that round. Um, mainly, it was another blowout. Like as long as I staved off his early aggression, and that's where Pulse of Marasa came in handy, and this is renewal came in handy a lot too. Gaining that seven life was very invaluable to the game, and much of the same. Just you know, doing like a turn five, you know, Dragon's Lord Atarka was just crazy. Uh hold on a second. Yeah, no, that's why. Okay. And the next round, the third round, was black white tokens. And even though I went 0 and 2, both games were really, really close. They were um he had this combo of like having Zulaport Cutthroat, Brutal Horde Chief, um, Secure the Waste, Liliana and he would just kept he kept draining my life over and over again and by the time i would get a board out or get any kind of threat out he would either you know silk wrap it or suspension field it or stasis snare whichever and it just by the time i get something out it just wasn't good enough 
Or I would get some threats out, and he would brutal horde chief make me block, use all my creatures to block one little guy, and eh, just wasn't good enough. So I tried. <laughs> like I said, both both games that I lost came really really close, and just wasn't enough. What the the second game was pretty funny though. He um he let's see, I swung and did. 19 damage to him in, in my last turn because he 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 somehow got it back up to 20 life and just I could not do that one point of damage if I just had something to be able to do one more damage or be able to s stay alive for one more turn it would have been over but eh, as it goes you know it happens it, it was a fun game though and the guy I go up against he and I are kind of buddies and we've been um we've been playing with each other for you know, a while now, and it, it was fun, so, I mean, no, no hard feelings early in the last one, last one was against Abzan again, and much of the same thing, I was just able to get out, you know, Ulamog, Kozilek, or Atarka out really quick, and, <clears throat> and just destroy the board, and overall, I feel like I played pretty well, um, I'm really, really enjoying playing the Mono Green Eldrazi ramp deck. I think so far, besides Landfall, it's been my favorite deck of this standard. It it brings out my inner Timmy. It brings out that, hey, I can play big, dumb creatures, such as like Ulamog, and or I really love Oblivion Sower. It's, I see a lot of lists not running him, really, but he is been so much value for me even if I don't get any lands there's still a good chance that hey I got rid of some of their key pieces that they need or I slowed them down for a couple more turns so it's been it's been a really fun deck and yeah uh this Monday I'll be going to modern modern night Monday and test out more elves. <laughs> I'm almost done with my Grixis Delver deck, but now with these Eldrazi's coming out, shit, it's making me want to build an Eldrazi deck, but that's what everybody's going to be sideboard hating against, so I'm almost done with my Grixis Delver deck. I just need two more Snapcasters, then I'm done. I got the second Snapcaster last night, and and I'm just, I'm trying to sell three Expedition lands. Um, I got the Sunken Myers Twilight no, Sunken Temple, Twilight Mire, and Tectonic Edge Expeditions for my Oath of Gatewatch boxes and and trying to just sell them so I can, if I sell all three, that I'll be able to buy the rest of the Snapcasters. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It's, I mean, I could buy them outright right now, but my wife would not be too happy. Let me tell you what. She'd be like, why the fuck are you spending all this money on magic codes? She wouldn't really be like that, and nor does she really talk like that, but it, it, it's all good, though. It's all good. Okay. So, let's dive into our main topic tonight. Talking about deck archetypes. And as I was saying, this is going to be mainly geared for people going from the kitchen table to you know, just their local game store going to Friday Night Magic. And 
as I was saying, there are a lot of different deck archetypes that are in Magic. Um, a lot of it is, you know, I, I guess, I guess, hold on, I'm going to edit this out. Okay. So, as I was saying, there's a lot of deck archetypes that are in Magic, and... Oh, God. I'm running... I'm losing my, my pace here. I gotta edit all this shit out. Okay. So, there's a lot of archetypes out there, and... You know, as I was saying, we're just going to briefly go over the one, two, three, four, well, five. We'll just go over the five main archetypes you may go up against. Um, like I said, I'm not going to go too deep into some of the hybrid archetypes. Um, you know, like aggro control or aggro combo control or control combo, control combo midrange, stuff like that. Um, and these are just going to be brief overviews just so when you're going in, you kind of understand what to expect. Um, first deck archetype we will talk about is aggro. Um, aggro is one of the more popular archetypes. To me, and I'm sure a lot of people recognize this, aggro is one of the easier deck archetypes to play when you're first starting out too. Not saying that it's the complete easiest, nor is it you have, you have to be brain dead to play, because, you know, sometimes... It it's tough, especially when you're up against an aggro mirror. It's so, hell. I've noticed aggro mirrors take longer than control mirrors sometimes. Not all the times, but you get what I'm saying. It's whenever there's a rotation that happens, especially in standard aggro, seems to be the more common archetype that a lot of people lean to, and that's what I've noticed, especially in my area. It it could be different depending on your local meta, as usual. But it's definitely one because it's it's easy and it, it gives easy wins. Especially, you know, aggro can definitely give you easy game one wins. And is the best the best plan to do have is to have a good sideboard with it too. And because if you have a crappy sideboard, then aggro just can just fall apart. Because it's Especially, you know, most of the time, hopefully most of the time, your opponent is going to have a sideboard that can stop you or slow you down. But, and also, depending on the format, it can be one of the cheapest to invest in as well. Because um, mainly, you're going to be looking for low-to-the-ground, cheap creatures to cast that are that can be quick and do a lot of damage. Or if you're playing the burn type of aggro, you're playing a lot of cheap spells and you don't even care about the damage you take. You just want to go in there and kill and win, no matter what it takes. So as I was saying, it's one of the more common ones you see when standard rotates, and it's apparently in modern right now. It is the kind of format to play right now, just aggro, complete aggro. It seems like control and combo and everything else is just taking off to the side but uh, let's not get into that uh, the next one we can discuss is control it's personally this is probably my favorite archetype 
it is one of the harder archetypes to play and i say that because you're not in a race to win you're in a, it's a game of attrition and you're not going to be proactive at all you're going to be extremely reactive during the entire time that you play you're always going to be it, it, especially with control most of the time you're going to be playing counter spells a lot of removal spells um it's it's really a an archetype that requires a lot of thinking not, not that all, all archetypes require thinking but i mean in the sense of you know you, you have to it, it's sort of one of the ones that you really have to be able to see ahead and um be able to make sure that the play that you're doing right now you're not going to get screwed the next turn or you know if i counter this spell right now will i will i be okay you know the next turn or something like that it's it's one that's a little bit more advanced it's i don't recommend it to beginners at all i mean if you're really familiar with magic and you've been playing it for a while yeah go for it but for someone just coming into the game i don't recommend control at all normally i don't recommend it to beginners it's like i say it's it's one that involves you really having to know the format you're playing um, the next one is combo this is another hard deck archetype to play it typically uses a combination of cards to create a powerful effect um, let me look up some combo examples i mean storm is a combo deck it's where i don't even know really how to describe storm i don't really play storm so i know storm is where you know after so many spells you play you know i'm not even going to try to explain it because i don't know um no but a combo deck right now is like four color rally and standard where you have the nantugohas the zulaport cutthroat and just be able to combo off of that with you know rally the ancestors collect a company etc um there's the new eldrazi displacer combo i've been seeing pop up where you know like uh for example oh what's what's the one um things like eldrazi displacer brood monitor is be able to create a whole bunch of one one tokens um and god there's probably another key piece I think Catacomb Sifter to allow you to keep scrying for whatever piece you need. But, um, yeah, combo, that's another hard archetype to play. And one I don't recommend to newer players. It's, it can be really fun. Combo is one of my favorite archetypes also. It's, I don't typically play combo unless you count elves and, yeah, I guess Elves and Legacy would be combo because I'm slowly building an Elf Legacy deck. And when I mean slowly, I mean I'll get to it eventually. And Elves and Modern is kind of combo because you can generate a lot of mana and especially depending on how you build it, you can, you know, get out a big creature with cord or something like that. Um, but yeah, an, oh, another... um. Another example of combo would be from the previous standard, the Jeskai Ascendancy combo with Helix Pinnacle, um, 
like Ornithopter or some zero-cost artifact and just keep playing that. You can either mill out your... Um, mill out your opponent or just buff a creature really really big and kill him um yeah but like i said it's not an interactive deck usually it's you know there's the whole you know you see combo and vintage or legacy that can go off turn one turn two um i'm not too familiar with those i'm not too familiar with those formats um yeah i'm not gonna lie to you and it just basically uses a combination of cards to create a powerful effect that can kill your opponent, you know, usually that turn. Um, the next archetype we're going to talk about is Ramp. This is uh, another fairly easy deck archetype to play. Its main goal is to get a lot of mana quickly and play really big, dumb spells. So, like, the Mono Green Eldrazi Ramp deck I'm playing is basically a perfect example of a ramp deck um get mana quickly play big spells and win the game um my crew fix god of horizons edh deck is a ramp deck also i my main goal is to get a lot of land get crew fix out start saving up mana play big dumb spells and win that's pretty much it um uh, another example of a ramp deck in modern would be Tron. You know, get the Tron pieces as quickly as you can, and once Tron is assembled, play big dumb spells like Ugin, Karn, and, you know, Worm Coil Engine. It, it all depends on what type of Tron you're playing, but... And it's usually pretty weak to control and aggro. It's and like It really depends. Like, if you're able to interrupt them or disrupt they're them being able to get lands quickly they're they're pretty much going to fizzle off it's but if you let them keep getting those lands yeah you're you're kind of done unless you have like land destruction but i i also can recommend this to newer players as well it's it's an easier deck archetype i mean compared to controller combo yeah it's a lot easier um, the last deck archetype we are going to discuss here, at least in depth a little bit, will be mid-range. As the name implies, you're going to play mid-game threats. Um, I consider this about medium difficulty play style. Um, it's sort of a cross between aggro and ramp because you're mid-range, you're going to want a good tempo. And what they mean by tempo is... You're doing something on turn one, then turn two, turn three. And by turn three or four, you want to be able to, you know, have a good number of creatures out. You know, the, you're never going to really be playing big creatures late game. Most of the time with mid-range. And you're you're just going to basically want to overwhelm the opponent. A good, a good example of, like, mid-range would be the previous Abzan mid-range where you I think from before Battle for Zendikar where you turn two Air of the Wilds or something else and then turn three Anafenza turn four Siege Rhino turn five Siege Rhino turn six Siege Rhino win <laughs> I mean that's pretty much it and like I said it's about medium difficulty and I say that only because it's like it, it it's similar to aggro but it's not and 
you can sort of you can easily turn it into like a control style on from the mid game or from the sideboard. All right, so those are the main deck archetypes I'm going to be talking about tonight. Um, like I said before, when you're first going to FNM, if you want to get into standard or whatever format, you know, really look at the deck archetypes you're interested in wanting to play. It's, you know, just see what feels right for you. You know, I wouldn't worry too much about what everybody's playing in the metagame at first until... You know, try, try all the archetypes. Try them out online. Try them out, you know, with friends. It's just get a feel for what you feel comfortable with and what you enjoy. I mean, that's that's the end of it when coming to first trying to get competitive and play what you enjoy. And that's about it. Um, just like to thank everybody for listening and. You know, if you you can follow me more on Twitter and at Zubatron, Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N, or at Magic with Zuby. And I also have blog and articles that I'm writing on mtgzuby.blogspot.com. And thanks for listening and have a great one. (laughs) 